This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, and I am so glad to be with you. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, very happy to have you. As always, I gotta talk about the Republican primary. It is still early going. Donald Trump is above 50%. Uh, and, you know, the odds are, if you're a betting person, it, it, real good odds, Donald Trump is the Republican nominee for 2024. If you're a betting person, also real good odds that Joe Biden gets reelected because of it. it. That It's a statement of fact based on the current polling that's out there. You could say the polling is wrong, but it is convenient that everyone who says the polling is wrong is perfectly happy to accept the polling they think is right. So, for example, the polling suggests Donald Trump is uh, above 50% of the Republican primary, and his supporters say, yes, yes, yes. The same polling says Joe Biden would beat him, and they say, no, 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 no. I mean, pick it and choosing, uh, take it all or take it not. That's just where we are. But we're also seven months away from uh, the Iowa caucuses. There are still opportunities for the other candidates to shine. But I, I gotta I, I gotta talk about some of this because I, I'm I really take the position, I try to take the position that we should not tell a candidate who wants to get in the race, you shouldn't get in the race. If you want to get in, get in. Some of them I forgot, like Larry Elder. The former talk show host, I forgot he was even running for president. I, I don't know why he's running for president. I don't hear about Larry Elder anywhere, yet somehow he thinks he's running for president. Now, the Republican National Committee is putting fundraising and polling requirements in for people to get on stage at the GOP debates. You will have had to have raised X number of dollars from Y number of people in order to get on the stage. Not all of them are going to be able to meet this. Uh, Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, who said he wasn't going to run, probably would not have been able to meet that. Mike Pence probably will. Pence is getting in. Nikki Haley, I think, is already at the point um, where she will qualify. Ron DeSantis as well. Tim Scott as well. I don't know about all the others. But the the Doug Burgum, I, so I wrote about this morning. You can read and see all the numbers for yourself if you text data to 33777. Uh, Doug Burgum 
of North Dakota, the governor. I mentioned him a little bit yesterday. He announced, it, it did a video yesterday, small town boy from small town farm in North Dakota made good. He was a senior vice president for the Microsoft Business Solutions Group after he sold his own software company, Great Plains Software, to Microsoft for $1.1 billion. Now, there's something you should know, and I don't mean this to be insulting. It is just true. In my experience and in the experience of everyone else who's ever been involved in politics, the people who were very successful businessmen and women who get into politics tend to be the most hard-headed and tend to be assured of their own convictions more than others. And the reason is very simple. If you're a successful businessman and you then get into politics and get elected, you look at the other successful politicians around you, none of whom succeeded first in the private sector, and you think clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right of me. I'm surrounded by idiots, and I know what's right. I can't tell you the number of times I encounter this in politics where there are very savvy, smart politicians who will tell you that the businessmen get elected and they just come in thinking they know everything better, they know the private sector better, they know how to get things done better, and they don't. The game of politics, and I use the word game deliberately, is different from the gamesmanship of the private sector. Doug Burgum is convinced that uh, by being a successful billionaire businessman who sold his business, got elected governor of North Dakota, that he can get business done. There's just a problem. The population of North Dakota is smaller than the population of our affiliate, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We, we've got a radio station in Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina has a population of 897,000 people. North Dakota has a population of 774,000 people. Doug Burgum won re-election in 2020. He got 235,479 votes. 235,479 votes. Chris Sununo is the governor of New Hampshire. He decided he's not going to run. He knows what time it is. He said, uh, we got to stop Trump if we want to win in 2024. You may disagree with him, but that's his view. We got to stop Trump. We, got, we can't have more people getting into the race. Chris Sununu chose not to run. Chris Sununu got 352,000 votes in his re-election, about 100,000 more votes, actually 125,000 more votes than Doug Burgum got. Nikki Haley, in her re-election bid in 2014, got 700,000 votes in South Carolina. Of course, Ron DeSantis last year got 4.6 million votes. So Doug Burgum, a man you have to Google to figure out who he is, has decided he can run for president of the United States as a Republican in a Republican primary having never gotten more votes than exist within the, I don't know, the, the city of Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, there, there are more people in Atlanta than he got votes. It just uh, Laredo, Texas has more people than Doug Burgum has ever gotten votes for governor. It just, I, I, I'm like, what, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm, I'm sure he wanted to do it. He decided he could do it. He looked at everybody else as these people are idiots. I'm a successful businessman. Some consultant was like, yes, I am totally, totally glad to take your money.
Um, and I don't really blame them. I mean, God bless the consultants. They're going to make money. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the DeSantis Super PAC. And it suddenly is a fully operational battle station. It now has an additional $82.5 million. Ron DeSantis had a uh, PAC in Florida. Ron DeSantis surrendered control of the PAC in Florida. The PAC is a political action committee. He surrendered control to one of his best friends. That best friend has moved $82.5 million to the Never Back Down Super PAC. Now, they're using this money. They're not using it just for slick ad campaigns. A lot. Take, take uh, Jeb Bush. Ron DeSantis now has more money in the bank than was spent by Jeb Bush, who famously spent more money than anyone to lose the presidential nomination. Ron DeSantis might go down as another Jeb Bush. Two Floridians losing to Trump with more money spent than anybody. But the Never Back Down Pack, unlike the Jeb Bush Super Pack, isn't just going to run slickly packaged ads that make consultants rich. They're doing detailed polling and they're doing door knocking, which is somewhat impressive. They've knocked on thousands of doors in New Hampshire already. 65,963 doors in Iowa. They've done an eight-day training camp. They've had 19,126 conversations with voters. They've also been knocking on doors in New Hampshire already. And they're making a gamble with something. And this is the part that I find most interesting. So Jeff Rowe, somewhat controversial uh, politico, he's the uh, top advisor to never back down. He says the fight for the soul of the party isn't about tax cuts or trade deals. It is this cultural combat we have as a country. These people know DeSantis is a culture warrior for this time. These voters are more angry than they were in 2016. In other words, the DeSantis Super PAC's gamble is that Republican primary voters are cultural warriors and the swing voters in the Republican primary are going to be those swing voters. They they don't care about trade deals. They don't care about foreign policy. They care about stopping the left and the cultural rot in the country. And that's where DeSantis is going to make his play. Now, I've got to tell you, I've seen a ton of data, privately and publicly, and I can talk about it, um, whether I should or not, I'm going to talk about it. Do you know the number one issue for voters in America who are Republican primary voters? The number one issue, the cost of living. Now, there's a way you tie that into the cultural argument. You talk about the left and wokeism. You talk about uh, the Green New Deal. You talk about forcing people to get rid of their fossil fuel burning car and buy an electric vehicle they can't afford and the costs that go into uh, the groceries these days because of the left's agenda. And that's a cultural issue. You can talk about the economic issue as a cultural issue too, but you probably ought to. Now, they've also been doing polling. Now, you should understand this as PR polling. 
These are internals being released. When an internal poll is being released, it's not done to advertise what the race actually looks like. It's done to reassure donors particularly. But never back down, says DeSantis's numbers have rebounded over the past month with likely caucus goers and shared two internal polls with Axios, one taken mid-May, another from May 30th to June 1st, with 655 respondents. The latest poll showed DeSantis tied with Trump in Iowa in a head-to-head race. With other candidates included, DeSantis was further away from Trump, but still gaining ground. Now, that's PR, but it also shows that the national polling showing the same trend is probably right. So the question is, how does everybody else get airtime? The media is settling on this being Trump versus DeSantis, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, the media is looking at this as a DeSantis-Trump race or a Trump-DeSantis race. So the others have got to get some time, and I'll tell you how some of them want to do it. I'll tell you how Mike Pence wants to do it. Mike Pence wants to ignore the media narrative and go knock on every door in Iowa. Iowa's got 99 counties, and Mike Pence intends to visit them all and knock on every door. My question is whether or not Kim Reynolds gets involved for DeSantis and sucks some of the air out of that. Reynolds is a very popular governor in Iowa. Uh, DeSantis has campaigned with her. She's been with him several times. There are rumors afoot she would endorse him. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. Uh, But that could matter. But how do these other candidates, how does the Tim Scott, how does the Nikki Haley, how do they get airtime? How do they, they, how do they get ahead of time? Uh, Nikki Haley did the CNN town hall on Sunday. Not a lot of buzz out of it on Monday into Tuesday. I had some audio but ran out of time yesterday to play it. This is right now a situation where a lot of these campaigns have to sit back and hope to hell that Trump and DeSantis beat the snot out of each other so they can get into the game. If not, they've got to find ways to get ahead, and one of them is to just – Put your head down, get to work, knock on doors, get the votes. you got to raise money too. But if you can show the donors you're putting in the work, the donors will give you money. If they don't like DeSantis and Trump, they will fund you. But it's really going to be hard for these guys to get airtime. And I suspect we're going to get to January, and some of these candidates we're talking about right now will not even make it to Iowa. But hey, neither did Kamala Harris, and she's now vice president of the United States. Bolin Branch uses the finest 100% organic cotton from family farms to your family home. They've got a natural unmatched softness, and they get softer with every wash. Those are the highlights that Bolin Branch wants me to tell you about. Let me tell you about my experience as a longtime customer. Every single room in our house has Bolin Branch sheets. Why? Because they don't pill up over time. Uh, you know, some, they, they get a little, like, like pill of whatever they call it, and, and they get rough. They don't. They get softer every single wash, and they last. They don't wear out. You don't have fraying threads. They just are fantastic, and they really, really do get softer the more you wash them, and they hold up over time. We love them in our house. They've got the perfect weight. They feel kind of snuggly, but you don't get hot in the summertime under them, but you stay warm in the wintertime. It's just, it's it's perfect. I love these sheets. Get 15% off your first order of Bolin Branch sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolinBranch.com. That's BolinBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You will love these sheets as much as everybody in my family does. We got them on all five beds in the house. You can, too. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson. You can be on the show 
Should you wish to be here, happy to have you. I, I, <laughs> y'all, I, I'm not going to keep talking about PGA Live Golf, but my gosh, uh, the 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 poop storm online is just golden. Uh, you got a lot of it, Republicans and Democrats alike who are just furious with this thing, in large part because, and again, um, you know the say never say never. I mean, never say I will never ever do this. And sometimes you say it and you mean it, and and sometimes you don't. the The problem is when you make an argument and you premise it on the morality of a decision. It really looks bad when you then go in that direction. So you, you got the PGA saying uh, live golf is immoral because it is funded with Saudi blood money and you should not play for live golf because you're getting paid with the money of a terrorist regime. And then the PGA is like, hey, we want some of the blood money too. I have no problem with Saudi blood money. I want you to know, Saudi Arabia, you want to write me a check. I will gladly praise fossil fuels for you because I already do it. <laughs> Just wow. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let, let me let me move on to other things. Um, where was I headed? I know where I was headed. The West Coast ports, the unions. You know, this is another problem for Joe Biden. Unions have gotten very emboldened these last few years with strikes and the like. You got a BuzzFeed going under, Vice News going under. They all unionized, drove up costs, among other things. Well, uh, operations at several West Coast ports were throttled on Monday. Labor stoppages or slowdowns. The Wall Street Journal is reporting union contract negotiations between dock workers and shipping companies are into the second year of negotiations, and these are disrupting activities. Trade groups want the White House involved. Now, Julie Sue is the acting secretary of labor. She resolved the labor dispute back in 2019. She was California's labor secretary. These talks have been going on since May of 2022 between the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, which represents 22,000 workers across 29 ports from Washington State to California, and the Pacific Maritime Association, which represents shipping companies and terminal operators. The contract expired in July of 2022. There hasn't been a contract since. They've just been going under the terms of the old contract. Um, one local union branch stopped staggering worker meal times, which caused uh, ports to shut down. This can have cascading economic consequences for the entire country as these ports back up again. We just got over the COVID backups of ports, and now it's starting all over again. This could just have devastating consequences. And also, where's Pete Boot Edge Edge? Hmm? At the local level around the country, Americans for Prosperity is getting involved, helping citizens advocate for free markets and free people. It's a great organization. We had Daniel call yesterday. He's actually now a paid field worker for AFP. They teach you how to go door to door to make the case for small government. You know, one of my fears in the conservative movement is someone will embrace big government conservatism and say, we're going to use government like the left uses it. Well, if you use the left like the left, you become the left. You co-opt them. You begin to sound like them as opposed to neutering government so it can't come after you, me, or them. 
which is probably preferable. A government, we want a government small. AFP wants a small government. They want you to help them at the local level. You can join a chapter or build a chapter if they don't have one. They've got over 30 states that are involved. Join today. Learn how to be a better, more effective conservative activist. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Learn to be a political activist for the right who is effective at getting small government advanced in this country. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I got to, at the end here, you know, I I mentioned the DeSantis folks, they believe internally that to win the Republican primary, they've got to talk about the cultural stuff. I, I know the number one issue is cost of living for Republican primary voters, but uh, there's a way to talk about that that ties in the cultural stuff, and I, I think they probably should do that. Uh, and I, I actually think that their data understates the number of Republicans who care about the issue. I think there are center-right people who care about it as well. And they care about it in large part because of this story highlighted on Fox & Friends. Four high school athletes are suing their state in women's sports because the state of Connecticut, their state, allows boys now to compete against the girls. So, Chelsea, I'll start with you because you were running track in Connecticut in high school. And what happened? Tell us your story. Yeah, so I raced against two biological males all four years of high school. Um, and I lost medals, podium spots, advancement opportunities. Eventually, I lost two All-New England awards and four state championships to these two biological males. How did you feel about that? It was heartbreaking. I mean, all the work that I put in to get to those state championships, to be in the running, to win, and to have that taken away from a male time and time again was just devastating and and really hard to get back up after that. Selena, I know you experienced the same thing in Connecticut when you were in high school. Y'all are all in college now. You were one of the first to speak out. Why? It was important for me to voice my opinion and say that women's sports need to be protected because I lost out on countless opportunities, most notably qualifying for the 2019 Indoor New England Championships. I had to go in two other events where I ended up getting all New England honors and I was forced under the sideline in my own event and it was a devastating experience to have to go through and I just want to ensure that no other girl will have to experience the pain and heartbreak that I went through in high school. Alana, there was a lot of silence about this and I know whispers of support and now you're encouraging other women to come out and talk about this because because it's an issue that is affecting your lives. I was really nervous about it at first, but once I saw Selena doing it and all the news articles and just seeing that she was kind of all alone, I wanted to speak up about it. And I hope that me speaking out about it will help other um, female athletes speak up so that we don't become sidelined in our own. Did y'all ever have conversations with the biological men? Are they your friends? I mean, I'm sure you have a heart for them. You just, they're born biological males. They're stronger. Are you worried about injuries? Injuries are definitely a threat in team sports. We all did track and field where there's not that much of a risk. But in basketball, lacrosse, soccer, a girl could be severely injured. And it's just important that women's sports stays women's sports because men have many physical advantages over us girls. Now, you know, in uh, the UK, what is it? Uh, who, who are the actors? Um, Deadpool guy, Ryan, what's his name? Um, he, uh, so they've got a, they've, they've got a soccer team. And the B team, the old guys, the retirees, decided to play a a women's soccer team, an American women's soccer team, if I remember right. 
and they threw in the towel at halftime because the women were just getting curb stomped by the guys. It's like 12 nothing, something like that. I mean, it really does matter. You know, the women, U.S. women's soccer team with uh, Megan Obnoxious Girl played a middle school boys team, and the middle school boys team kicked their butts. And they're like, oh, it was just for playing. We were just having a the middle school boys kicked your butts and you went to the Olympics. Y'all, this stuff matters to a lot of parents. Whether you believe it or not, and now you gotta listen to me here. Follow along with me here. Whether you believe it or not. Most Americans, this isn't my opinion, this is fact, most Americans believe, rightly or wrongly, most Americans believe to get the most significant advancement possible in society, you need a college degree. Now, you may say that wasn't your case, that it's not the case. Now, most Americans believe you need a college degree to get as advanced in society and as high up the ladder as possible. It's the way it's been for quite a while. A lot of families can no longer afford college, in large part because of student loans. Student loans are so easy to get. They've allowed colleges to uh, let tuition rates soar. A lot of parents don't want their kids to go through the burden of student loans where they then can't make ends meet for the rest of their life. They're overwhelmed with student loan debt for so long. And so they want to get their kids scholarships. Listen, my child wants to go be an engineer. She has very good grades, and she's already thinking about scholarship opportunities, all the scholarships she can apply for, because she was thinking she wanted to go to one school, and now she's thinking she might want to go to another school that's a little more hands-on with what she wants to do, at a, at a, and it's not nearly as woke as the school that she wanted to go to originally, but she's thinking about scholarships. Now, she has never been in athletics. I, we tried, but we had enough stuff going on, we weren't going to push her. She is very academically gifted, and she'll probably get some scholarships. A lot of parents, though, they get their kids into sports, and they think, you know what? If my kid is good in the sport, they might get a college scholarship, and their athletic prowess can get them their academic degree, that they're not going to be in the NBA, they're not going to be in Major League Baseball, they're not going to be a professional golfer, but they're good enough for it to pay for college. Now along come boys, and it is almost always boys. And they are not successful athletes against other boys. So they decide they're going to become girls. Maybe they go through a year of hormone therapy to suppress the testosterone, whatever. But they're still boys. They've still got a physical prowess the girls don't have. And they're winning fairly regularly. They're at least outperforming most of the girls. And suddenly all these parents who got their girls into sports, seeing that was the way for their girls to get ahead, suddenly their girls are being deprived of scholarship opportunities they used to have. And they're being deprived not because of other girls, but because of boys who've now decided they're girls. And the parents can't speak out because they're bullied by everyone who says, every one of the elite who say, no, no, these these are really girls. No, they're not. They, they, you call them trans for a reason. The, 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 the modifier, they're trans woman, means they're not a woman. 
The Associated Press has released new guidelines suppressing the very concept of transgenderism as an ideology and is forcing the ideology on others. It's some 1984-style double think. Uh, Tyler O'Neill of The Daily Signal has this. Good journalists are now required to abide by transgender ideology while denying it exists. AP's most recent style guide update published Thursday instructs them to use a person's preferred pronouns, deny that sex is a biological fact recognized at or before birth, and use the euphemism gender-affirming care when describing experimental medical interventions that leave patients stunted, scarred, and infertile. Reporters are to adopt wholesale the claim that a person's internal sense of gender overrides his or her biological sex and to discount opposition to these claims. That is an ideological belief being imposed by the Associated Press on reporters who use their style guide. Avoid references to a transgender person being born a boy or girl or phrasing like birth gender. Sex assigned at birth is the accurate terminology. Sex is usually assigned at birth by parents or attendants, sometimes inaccurately. The document acknowledges gender is a social construct. The use of the phrase sex assigned at birth implies biological sex is also socially constructed rather than a central reality to humanity. You know, Sweden and Norway, not exactly bastions of Christian conservatism, have banned child sex changes. The U.K. has now done it as well. I actually read a story the other day. And it was kind of funny how they said it. Uh, the U.K., Sweden, and Norway, and I think Denmark as well, have joined Texas, Oklahoma, and Florida in banning sex reassignment surgeries or gender-affirming care to minors. The ultimate problem with this issue, and, and I know I'm preaching to the crowd on this one, but you got to understand this, is that the, the secular elite in the country who really shape the culture, whether it's in the news stations of America— or whether it is in academia, or whether it's in Hollywood, they have bought into this cult-like nonsense. And what is amazing to me over time is how they haven't just bought into it, but if you disagree with them, if you challenge the current zeitgeist, so to speak, you're the bad person. They vilify you. And so the result is they're vilifying parents. Now, let's go full circle to the beginning of this hour. The DeSantis super PAC, Jeff Rowe, the reason Jeff Rowe is speaking in public like this, just so you understand, is he's not allowed to talk to the DeSantis campaign. Because he runs the super PAC, he's not allowed to talk to the the DeSantis campaign so he can talk to the press, and the DeSantis campaign can read what he says in the press and know what he's thinking. And Jeff Rowe, a controversial guy within Republican politics, uh, but the DeSantis team pays attention to him. He ran Glenn Youngkin's campaign in Virginia, among others. Jeff Rowe believes that uh, the fight for the heart and soul of Republicans right now is cultural. This comes at a time that Donald Trump the other day walked back some of his prior criticisms on transgenderism and Disney. And Vivek Ramaswamy said he wouldn't ban transgender soldiers. And, of course, DeSantis is, well, you know where DeSantis stands. My suspicion, and I actually, I really do think this is the case. I think there are more people in this country, even center left in this country, 
who are appalled by the trans agenda, then we'll actually be public about it because they'd be bullied. Some of them could lose their jobs. The left would come after them. The hordes of Mordor would come for them. I, I've told you guys before, I, I and I, I don't want to say who, but I know a guy. I wouldn't say we're friends or acquaintances, but we text every once in a while. And he is far, far to the left. And he has texted me before, and he says, you've got to win this fight on transgenderism. He's a science guy. He's a data guy. And he says it's not true. He, he recognizes um, the, the, what trans ideology is. He says, I can't, in, in my community, speak up about it. I will get fired. I will get canceled if I say anything. And I'm a parent, and I'm concerned. So you got to win the fight. He he hates he hates conservatives. He hates Republicans. He does not like pro-lifers. He's he's an atheist. And even he's like, you got to win this fight. I mean, when you got guys like that, who are are on the, the on the position of you got to win this fight. This is not right. This is wrong. I'm telling you, this is more than a far right cultural issue. This is center right, center left as well. That uh, the, we we've uh, people don't like, particularly center right, center left. They they don't like social politics. If you want to be pro life, be pro life. Don't be in your face about it. If you want to be pro abortion, be pro abortion. Don't be in people's face about it. That's the view of the center right and the center left. They're not social warriors. They don't want to have to think about these issues. They're pocketbook issue voters. But this one ultimately affects their pocketbook because it forces them to have to deal with the costs of college for their daughters. And that's why you're going to keep hearing about this issue. That's why this is such a big issue for people on the right. That's why it's a big issue for people on the campaign trail, too. Now, one of those groups that is fighting this issue and supporting conservative parents against the wokes is Patriot Mobile. What's so amazing about it is all you have to do is take your cell phone service to them. You do that, you get guaranteed great service from them. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. So you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, and you roll your service over to them. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, this is this is, this is is really brilliant. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. Then they take a portion of their profits, and they send those profits to the causes you care about, the Second Amendment, the pro-life movement, conservative causes around the country. You can call them if you don't want to do it on the phone, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. and call Or go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You get free activation with my name. You can take your existing phone number. You can take an unlocked cell phone to them, or you can get a new number, get a new cell phone from them, but you get great service, and you're doing business with a Christian conservative company that shares your values. And then they fund the causes you care about. It's a great way to expand your influence into the conservative movement by using Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Someone far more clever than me just put online, uh, as part of the merger between the PGA and Live Golf, the PGA players will play holes 1 through 8 and 12 through 18, and the Saudi-backed Live Golfers will play holes 9 through 11. Ouch. (laughs) Okay, well, we've got to end the show today with a story I was not expecting to talk about. This is actually an intriguing story out of Vermont. A homeowner in Vermont has filed a lawsuit. No, I'm sorry. It's Connecticut. This is Connecticut. Uh, Vermont, Connecticut, New England. I kid, I kid. Uh, I need to get up to Connecticut. Um, 
So this is a, you, those of you on WICC up there, you need to pay attention to this story. This this is in your backyard, literally. A resident of Connecticut has filed a lawsuit claiming the state of Connecticut violated the resident's Fourth Amendment rights by strapping a camera onto a black bear the state knew frequented the man's property. So the background here is that uh, the state of Connecticut believes the Brault family has been feeding bears on their property. And there is one bear in particular that regularly goes onto the property. And that bear has been tagged, tag number 119. And the property owners happened to notice this bear on their property with a camera around its neck. Instead of the right to keep in bear arms, they had the right to arm bears, apparently. And the state it, <laughs> the state put a camera on a bear, let the bear go onto the couple's property and then got the video footage from the camera to see if the family was feeding the bears because they didn't have a search warrant to go on the property. So the the family has filed a lawsuit. It's a forested area of more than 114 acres uh, near the family's home in Heartland, Connecticut. Uh, at the time, the defendants, that would be the state of Connecticut, knew that these people owned and resided at the property. The Connecticut knew the bears, including the bear tagged 119, frequented the property. On an unknown date prior to May 20th, 2023, but subsequent to January 1st of 2023, the state affixed a collar to the bear, which contained a camera, thereupon releasing the camera carrying bear in the vicinity of the homeowner's property. At approximately 9.30 a.m. on May 20th, 2023, bear number 119 approached to within 200 yards of the residence, which is located near the center of the property. It was wearing the camera at the time, and the camera was activated and taking and transmitting pictures or video of the interior of the plaintiff's property. The state did not have a search warrant authorizing or permitting video surveillance of the interior of the property. Wherefore, the plaintiffs, the homeowners, asked the court to issue an injunction. My gosh, what a crazy... This is uh, Mark Brault and Carol Brault versus the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection for arming a bear with a camera and sending it into the people's property to spy on them to see if they were feeding the bears. That's just absurd. And by the way, unconstitutional, you can't do that. You got to have a probable cause and you got to get a warrant to search someone's property. Putting a camera on a bear to bypass the court process is not a constitutional act, state of Connecticut. Good gracious. It's a pretty funny case, though. <laughs> Good grief. The right to keep an arm bears to survey other people's property.